0: Welcome to the Sports Forecasters Podcast. Thank you for tuning in today. This podcast has been created not to dwell and over-evaluate what has already happened in the sports world, but to predict and to forecast what has yet to come. From game picks to draft picks, and from trades to free agent signings, we will let you know what happens before it happens. Your hosts, Nick and Nate, will evaluate, study, and understand sports patterns, tendencies, and nuances to better prepare you. what to expect just like Weatherman, but way more accurate so if you like to pick games or you simply just want to be in the know before anybody else you are in the right place enjoy the show Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to this week's edition of the Sports Forecasters. I'm your host, Nick Alvarez. I'm riding solo this week. Nathan's off for this week, but he'll be back with us next week. Because of that, we're going to take a break from looking at the different divisions of the NFL, and we're going to take a look at the MLB. Now that we've hit the midway point, I'm going to reevaluate those projections, let you know what I initially said, and then tell you what my new projections are, if they change. The second half of the episode, we're going to look at Some fantasy positions. One thing I love to do is play fantasy football. And so we're gonna look at the fantasy values and who I perceive to be the top ten of the tight end. So stay tuned for this. Let's go ahead and get started. Let's start off with what's most recent in everyone's mind: MLB. All-star game delivered some memorable moments as well as the home run derby. With that said, the season's about to begin. The first game coming back in the All-Star Break had to be postponed. Yankees versus Red Sox. So the AL East, originally at the beginning of the season, I said the New York Yankees were going to win it. They had made some additions, and quite frankly, the Yankees are never afraid to spend. In 2017, the Yankees made it to the playoffs, and they were a little ahead of their time. So everyone, myself included, thought this was going to be a the year they strike. Well, they have been anything but striking at this point. They have actually been kind of a butt of jokes for many years. Sports announcers or radio hosts and everything like that. The Yankees just have quite simply underperformed. There's a lot of underachieving in that clubhouse, and I just, they're just not where we thought they would be. So I am punning on that pick of the Yankees. I am moving on from them. Uh, The surprise of this division have been the Boston Red Sox. Boston Red Sox was not a team that many had on the radar in the conversation to even make the playoffs, let alone lead their division at the halfway point. But here we are, they are leading a slim lead, but they are leading a game and a half against the Tampa Bay Rays. Now, despite what the Red Sox have been doing, I'm not buying on them. I'm selling them. I'm going to, even though they have a good percentage chance on some boards of being in the playoffs and winning their division, I'm not buying that. I'm gonna go with the Tampa Bay Rays. I know when we were doing our early season projections, that was the team I was punting on were the Rays, but now I'm on board with them. They have a much better pitching staff than the Red Sox, just their ERA and everything is looking much better. Also, they're allowing the second fewest runs. With those things in mind and how tight that race is, it's going to come down nitty gritty, but I think the Tampa Bay Rays end up winning the ALE. So my new pick going from the Yankees to the Tampa Bay Rays. Next, we jump to the AL Central. The AL Central has quite the disparity. I know when Nathan and I were looking at this, we were both thinking twins. We thought the twins were going to look good. They were going to do well. Well, that is far from what it is. This division, the Chicago White Sox currently own the leading spot in this division. They have the largest lead of any division races right now with them being the lead by eight games to the second place team. La Rusa is showing yeah, how good of a manager he is, even though there's some turmoil going on, some conflicts, some not seeing eye to eye with the players, they seem to put that aside and use that energy out in the field. So with the White Sox having an eight game lead, I'd love to say the Indians have a shot at this and they'll make it closer, I feel like, but Indians are dealing with a lot of injury issues and just things not going the right way for them. The White Sox I don't think with the experience Larusa has, is going to let the squander away. So with the White Sox having less injuries, having the lead they have, I'm going to go with them. Pun on the Twins. Obviously, they're long gone out of this. Hopefully, the Indians get themselves in the playoff hunt and wild card spot, but I'm going to say the White Sox win that AL Central here. Jumping next to the AL West. All good here. I said the Astros at the beginning. Astros are showing the offense and the pitching. That makes them not only a division winner, potentially, but possibly a World Series contender based on many accounts. They only have a three and a half game lead against the A's, but they've been doing a good job of just taking care of those opponents when the time comes, not losing too many in a row or giving up too many series. So I'm going to stick with the Astros. Moving on into the NL. NL is where we start seeing the races a lot closer. First, let's start with NL East. NL East, everyone was on the Mets. And for those that were on the Mets early on, you're probably doing a semi-victory lap here. Well, I'm here to tell you, I don't believe in them. I don't think they're going to do that. I think that they've had a good run. They do have good pitching. So if they hold on to it, it's not totally shocking. I'm still going to stick with the Philadelphia Phillies. Phillies have had that championship swagger. They've had that experience of being there. I don't know how much the roster has been there, but the organization itself has operated in a way to always be a contender and compete. Maybe not so much in recent years, but they over the last decade, they've just been in those hunts and the races. Their bench is looking good, and they were starting to find their offense right before the break. So I'm going to go with the Philadelphia Phillies. I'm going to stick with them. They may be three and a half games behind. feel like they'll find their way against the Met, Mets. They just don't have the lineage or the history to make me believe that they're going to hold on to that lead. So Phillies for the NL East. Moving on to the NL Central. NL Central is a very intriguing one. Nathan and I actually went with a dark horse here in the Cardinals. But unfortunately, before the break came around, the Cardinals just started falling apart and gave pretty big gap to the brewers now i do understand there's plenty of games left in the season an eight game lead isn't the end-all be-all but it just they haven't been clicking very well they just things haven't been going the right way the team that has been looking great and you can't argue with this number which is why i have to go with the brewers in this is three of their five pitchers in their rotation were selected to the all-star team that's something you can't ignore. Those are pitchers that teams clamor for and try to maneuver for, and the Brewers seem to be in a prime spot to just take control of that division and set themselves up for a good spot in the playoff run. So I'm going to have to revise my pick in the NL Central from the Cardinals to the Brewers. I just don't see them losing that unless some kind of fluke injury happens. Next is probably the most interesting division, in my opinion, to watch here down the stretch is the NL West. The NL West is just going to be this Dogfight, this slugfest, in my opinion. You have the San Francisco Giants currently leading, LA Dodgers behind by two games, and San Diego Padres down by six games. All three of these teams have been maneuvering and fighting. The Giants may be the surprise early on when I was looking at different things early on. Everyone was saying Dodgers, myself included. And Padres was a team that many saw on the outside looking in, just kind of like little brother, just trying to make their way up there. Well, I do believe the Padres are going to make moves come the trade deadline, but I don't believe they're going to win the division. I am staying with the Dodgers here. The Dodgers have had a litany of injuries. They've had troubles with Bauer, who's on administrative leave. I just believe they are going to start getting healthier. They were starting to come around. They've weathered the storm of injuries. So I believe in the end, it's going to come down to the last few games, mind you, but I believe in the end, the Dodgers will win it. Just a recap of my predictions for divisions, I have revised from the Yankees to the Rays. I went from the Twins to the White Sox. Astros, I'm sticking with. They're still looking good. I'm sticking with Phillies, sticking with Dodgers. And then last but not least, I'm just seeing the Brewers are going to hold on to that lead. So that's what I'm seeing in terms of forecasting. 80-some games still to go. A lot can happen. So very interesting to see. We'll keep our eyes on that. Next, we're going to look at fantasy forecast. With Nathan not with us this week, I do not want to go into divisional breakdowns. I wanted to wait for Nathan to be around to do that. So we'll try to get in a few next week. But for this week, I'm going to forecast who I believe are going to be the top 10 of a position. The position I want to start with this week are the tight ends. The tight ends have been a position early in my fantasy football playing. You needed to get the top two to be To have an elite tight end. Other than that, it was just kind of switching name cards, just because of bye weeks or matchups. There wasn't a whole lot to them. There weren't consistent outputs or consistent numbers coming from tight ends in the early 2000s. The game has evolved since then, very much so. These tight ends are borderline third wide receivers. Some offenses are their number one wide receivers if they don't have any wideouts to speak of. Now I'm going to give you my top 10 tight ends for this upcoming. 2021-2022 2021-2022 NFL season. First off, number one isn't much of a surprise, Travis Kelsey. Travis Kelsey has been a dominant tight end. He was my favorite to score the touchdown back in the Super Bowl. He's just been an integral part to the Chiefs offense. He's been the most the most consistent piece, the highest producing piece to their offense. And I don't see that offense slowing down and barring, obviously barring injuries with any of these individuals. Travis Kelsey is going to stay up there. He's going to be the number one guy. That's not much of a surprise. And honestly, probably number two and number three aren't going to be much of a surprise as well with George Kittle and Darren Waller. George Kittle has been, when he's out on the field, has been a fantastic tight end. Seems to get open no matter where he's at in the field. And he has a great offense to back him up. George Kittle has just been phenomenal when he's healthy and just continues to produce those big numbers. So I don't see that slowing down for him. Again, injuries might play a factor in that. But I have George Kittle as number two. Number three was actually someone that was on one of my fantasy teams, and I appreciate every ounce he gave me, everything he was able to produce. Darren Waller, and I feel like this is going to be where you start seeing a little drop off after this number in terms of tight end production value. Darren Waller is going to be—he's going to be the number one target for the Raiders. Raiders have a depleted wide receiving core, and that one—that's super reliable one. Their wide receivers for the most part depend on stretch plays, but Darren was also able to get stretch plays and stretch defense. There are times that he gets bottled up and he doesn't produce as much, but I do feel like he's a solid third option for the tight ends. If he's available, Darren Waller is a good choice. Obviously, the other two gentlemen I would take above him. Number four I have to go with just based on the consistency of how their offense uses him. Mark Andrews has been a cornerstone to what the Baltimore Ravens offense has been in the passing game. He does a great job of doing his chip blocks or getting some blocks. There is some concern for me in terms of the changes they've had with the offensive line. Will they have to keep him back and have him block a bit more perhaps, but based on how they run their offense, I feel like they're going to find ways to get him open and find ways to utilize him the best they can. I would be shocked if Andrews doesn't produce well even though he is a great blocker i mean i can see him getting good tight ends or getting wide open looks when lamar rolls out and he's just right there in the flat or running up the middle number 5 is to our promising newcomer uh, individual i've been high on when we did our mock drafts and who currently resides with the Atlanta Falcons Kyle Pitts i mean with a rookie you don't have much to look at in terms of how does he match up how well does he do but atlanta seems to always get to get their tight ends involved some way And with the departure of Julio Jones, he'll get more looks and yards. The only thing I'm thinking might dip for him is his touchdown reception, since Julio wasn't much of a touchdown factor. Defenses might be able to key on him more. Atlanta is a team that likes to move the ball by throwing it. Matt Ryan can get it to his guys and move, and he likes to spread it around for the most part. With Julio gone, he's going to want to try to get Kyle integrated real quick. So I see Pitts as being the number five tight end for this year's Fantasy Football Leagues. The next individual I have, not many have him high on this list, but I felt really good about him. And watching his stat line last year just showed a lot of promise for what this season could be if the offense believes in him. Also, with their addition at wide receiver, I think this is going to give him more opportunities. Number six for tight end, I have Mike Gusecki out of Miami. Tua just needs to settle. And read his progressions, and Mike will be there for you. Mike will be a great target. He had multiple touchdown games here and there, and it was able to produce good yardage throughout. He was a very good security blanket for Tua. So I look for him to have similar value to that. And I just like the way Miami's going. And in the division they in, it's gonna you're gonna need to move the ball. And Mike's gonna be a guy that you're gonna look to, in my opinion. So I have number six for tight ends, Mike aseki. Number seven, this is with a caveat of me assuming that Teddy Bridgewater is going to be the quarterback in Denver, and that would be Noah Fant. Noah Fant was a great piece for Drew Locke, and Noah Fant was able to get reliable production, even with Drew Locke being his quarterback. And I think with Teddy, he'll find him a bit more, and he'll be more consistent with that production. If something crazy happens, I know Aaron Rodgers is rumored to maybe be there. I don't see that happening. So I'm going to assume Teddy's going to be there. And I think Noah Fant will be your number seven tight end going into this season, simply because I have a little more faith in Teddy having better reads and getting into his wide receiver slash tight ends on a more consistent basis. Yes, they have a good receiving core, but Noah was a very good piece to that Denver offense last year. Number eight, I feel like this is a stretch, but his numbers don't lie. He has been, he is in my opinion, their best offensive weapon that they have there. And then would be TJ Hawkinson out of Detroit. TJ last season made a big jump in his second season, going doubling his yardage from the season before and tripling his touchdown output from the year before. And with them losing a lot of their offensive pieces from the last season, TJ is going to be looked upon to be even a more integral part to their offense. Now, that can also be a double edged sword where you can see TJ dipping off a bit from those kind of numbers because quite frankly defenses are just going to square off on him and just limit him. But TJ has shown the ability to find his way into the game and get his make the best of his opportunities. For my number eight tight end, I'm gonna have TJ Hawkinson there out of Detroit. Number nine took me a while to come around to this one. Number nine I have out of Washington Logan Thomas. Now Logan Thomas was a hesitation at first simply because I just wasn't sure are they going to use him the same with Ryan Fitzpatrick coming in. Ryan Fitzpatrick is a good quarterback. He does move the ball down the field well. He does a good job of being more patient. I would say than some of the other backups not named Alex Smith for Washington last year. I just, whenever you change things from the year before, you always have that slight hesitation of what is it going to look like? What's it going to be? And I do believe Logan Thomas is going to be your number nine tight end for this year's fantasy football league, simply because of the division he plays in. He plays in the NFC East. I'm not expecting super high things from them. When you have six games against some of the lower teams of the NFC, It's going to help your fantasy numbers, and I think Logan Thomas is going to benefit from that. I see him being the number nine tight end in the NFL this season. And my number 10 tight end, before I reveal who that is, I'm just going to give you some of my considerations that I had in there but didn't end up settling on. I'm going to go through some considerations I have before I tell you who my number 10 is. Looking at Eric Ebron from Pittsburgh, Big Ben likes his tight ends, especially down in the red zone. I thought that would be a good person. O.J. Howard for the yards aspect of it. I feel like he could get you more yards than Bray or Gronkowski. Gronkowski's turning into more of a touchdown tight end, which isn't a bad thing, but sometimes there's a hit and miss with the wide receivers they have. Another one I really liked was Irv Smith Jr. out of Minnesota. A lot of play action could be coming his way, so he was a great consideration. Dallas Goddard, I'm not as high on. I know Philadelphia likes using the tight end or they have in the past understand it's a new regime so kind of wait and see there robert tonya out of green bay had a great season but the question that quarterback makes him a consideration for this upcoming season and then my highest consideration besides the number 10 would be Tyler Higby. Tyler Higby is going to get Matthew Stafford, and that's going to be a major upgrade. A fresh breath for him because of how many weapons he has on top of him. So he's a, like my number 11. But my number 10 is going to be Hunter Henry out in New England. Now, I really struggled with, is it going to be Hunter Henry or Gianna Smith who's going to get the more receptions? And I really feel like Hunter Henry is going to be that individual that ends up capitalizing on those opportunities and getting more yards. Hunter Henry in the last few years in San Diego has been a 500 plus, 600 yards per season. And with New England not having much of a receiving core in terms of wideouts, I really see Hunter Henry being that cornerstone or that main receiver with Giano benefiting from those times that matchups double team. So those were my top 10 tight ends for this upcoming fantasy football season. Just to run through them real quick, I had Number 1. Travis Kelsey, 2. George Kittle, 3. Darren Waller, 4. Mark Andrews, 5. Kyle Pitts, 6. Mike Gasecki, 7. Noah Fant, 8. TJ Hawkinson, 9. Logan Thomas, and 10. Hunter Henry. But those are the guys I feel strongly about. If you're looking to draft a tight end, definitely jump on those guys. And that's going to wrap it up for this episode. We took a look at the MLB after seeing half a season Where did my division picks change? Who do I have winning those divisions and why? And then I looked at fancy football position, the tight ends. I gave you my top 10 tight ends to look at in the draft, who I think was going to give you the best production. With that being said, thank you so much for tuning in. Until next time, it's been the Sports Forecasters. I'm Nick Alvarez, and we'll talk to you next time.